This is Five on Three. Center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Five on Three, WFUV Sports podcast for all things NHL and sometimes all things hockey when we expand outside of the NHL, as we will briefly do today. I am Samantha Borer here with Nicholas Palmer and Lou Orlando on Zoom. Our producer today is Mr. Nicholas Nappy. This is becoming a fairly usual um, crew here on the pod, which I love. So happy winter break, guys. Happy to see all your smiling faces. How are we doing today? Lou, why don't we start with you? I know this is so All hard. All right, well, listen, we'll start with me. It's I was just to waiting to see who was going to go first, and I was hoping someone would go, but I guess that's so hard on Zoom to, like, feel I was. I was going to be gracious and let Nick go first, but I guess, <laughs> I guess I'll go first. Winter well, break's good, man. I'm happy, happy to be home. I get to see my cats, and I got to go to uh, Rangers Islanders last night, which I'm oh sure we will talk about extensively. I had a great time. Um, oh, I'm sure. Nick, I don't know if you can say the same, but listen, uh, happy to be back. Happy to be talking to you guys. Love this little, love to keep my FEV connections going, do a little five on three here and now. That's great. Um, so uh, I also watched the Rangers Islanders game. I watched it on the plane. Uh, thank you to uh, FlyFi from JetBlue for being the spottiest uh, air, airplane <laughs> Wi-Fi ever. Um, because it cut out and then the Rangers were up, uh, four to three and then it cut out again and they were up five to three. So if you missed uh, anything, you can just check my Twitter. I've got, I've got you covered. Oh, That's thank you. With five That's views. Thank you. Good plug. The Twitter plug. Great. Yeah. See, now would be the time for the Christmas plug, Lou. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm back in LA. I'm going to be going to a couple Kings games. I sort of wanted to pick and choose which ones I wanted to go to in terms of which ones would be the most exciting. So I'm going to see when the Bruins come to town, uh, going to see a Devils game. And uh, I thought, why not top it off with a Golden Knights game before I uh, head back? So uh, those are going to be some good games. How are you doing, Sam? You know, thanks for asking. I'm doing okay. I got in a car accident today, guys, which was... um. Really interesting. Yeah, I got rear-ended today, which was not exactly the um, jolt to my day that I was hoping for. Uh, It was a jolt. It was a jolt, to say the (laughs) least, and it was in my mom's new car, so that was awesome. Um, A lot of tears ensued, Um, but everyone was fine physically. The cars were mostly fine. It's just, you know, the hazards of snowy roads in Colorado. It'd be like that. Thankfully, we weren't going fast, so you know what? That's that on that. Um, Other than that, I am doing all right. I am also happy to be home here in the Mile High State, Centennial State, Mile High City, but I don't live in Denver, so not the Mile High City for me. Parker, Colorado. I was able to go to some Avalanche games this week, which were a lot of fun, and I will be seeing Avalanche versus Kings, actually, on the 29th. So that'll be really fun to watch our two teams converge, but there has been much hockey going on and one of the one of the key matches which i suppose we'll start with we can do a little two for one but we can address each team separately as we feel so inclined mr lou orlando just mentioned he was at the rangers avalanche not avalanche whoa rangers islanders game the other night in which the rangers prevailed five to three 
Thanks to some help from some very fun people. One of my favorites being Capo Caco. I always love when he scores and I will not deal with any Capo Caco slander. So I guess, you know, Nicholas is, is or Nick rather is waving his, waving his finger saying, I, not, he doesn't want me to talk about that, but Lou, you were there. What did you see from this game from both teams? I mean, let's first of all, let's talk about how crazy it is that this is Rangers and Islanders last matchup. Yeah. Well, maybe I- of the season, unless they meet in the playoffs. Um, that's fully on the NHL schedule makers. Like that just can't be. These are gonna be two teams probably fighting for a playoff spot. The fact that this is their last matchup is a little weird. Uh, it was a fun game, right? Going in, if you're a Rangers fan, Islanders have won the first two. So there's a little bit of pressure, right? You don't want to get swept by the Islanders, regardless of how your season goes. And I think this is just a case of comes at the right time for the Rangers, right? Because story of this game for a while was Islanders score goals, Rangers come back and tie it. And they finally get that surge in the third period to go ahead. Uh, Capo Caco. He gets picked earlier in the game by Barzal. It's an ugly play. The fans are giving him a lot of hate for it. And he comes back with the go-ahead goal. It's an all-around fantastic play because you're talking about one of the craziest passes you'll ever see. Miller in the corner barely touches the puck, just has it on his stick for a split second, gets it to the front of the net. Kako somehow gets the shot up. Kind of just a crazy win. If you're a Rangers fan, probably one you weren't expecting the way the game was going. Um, but they're hot, man. It's either last nine now. So uh, I don't I don't know if we were watching the same game, uh, Lou, but I give Capo Caco almost zero credit for that goal. Um, hey, in fact, I'll let you go I give I'll let you go. I give most of the credit to Matt Barzell for that awful turnover in the corner. Um, I guess he just felt bad for Capo Caco, who frankly has been producing very little this year. Okay, um, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. what not not but nine goals six but assists. Not nine goals six assists. Um. Keep going. R- regardless of what is that f- 15 points on the year? That that and would be the math. Yes. It's it it's uh I'm it's sorry, Christmas. And it's Christmas. Yeah, I guess. So I guess for being the number two overall pick and having the experience under his belt of a couple of years, I would expect a little more from him. And I expect to hear something from Sam regarding Capo Caco. Um because I know she is deeply in love with him. Uh so uh, I, I don't know. Let, let, let's hear what you have to say, Sam, because honestly, I think the Islanders lost that game more so than the Rangers won that game. Well, Lou just made a face. Lou and I both just went mm, at the same time. And while I was not able to watch that game live, I will I will admit, as our producer, Mrs. Mm. Nappy has just dropped in the chat. Kako has five goals in the last eight games and five points in the last six games. Shout sure. out to for being our live statistician. So here's the thing is he's. He's finding his groove. This kid has gone through a lot with this team and dealt with so many confidence issues. And now that he has the confidence, he's finding his way. And you can see it in his stats, as I just said, that he mm-hmm. is producing. And I do think that's always been his down. Not well, it's been his main downfall is his confidence and also that he allows a number of turnovers, but his confidence. And now that he's found this confidence and he's learning how to work with this team being put into these higher line positions than he was last year, than he has been before he's being held to a higher standard, but he also feels more comfortable, you know, playing with loft, playing with Hedo, playing with all these guys that maybe he hasn't before. And I think that obviously we're seeing good things from him. I will take no Capo Caco slander. I don't really care not to switch sports here, but if you want to talk about a number two overall draft pick bust, you can talk about Zach Wilson. All right. I, 
not to switch sports here, but if you want to talk about a bust there, we can talk about <laughs> we'll save that for NFL Friday. That episode okay. dropped. Tune in, everyone. But I I like Capocaco. Lou, go right ahead. Yeah, I was let me let me jump in here too. I Nick, I know I was having some fun with you, but I think you are being a little harsh on Kaka. What I was gonna say is that, you know, a big storyline to, uh, towards the beginning of the season was that the points weren't coming for him. But sure. I thought in the beginning of the season he looked good. He was on that first line or he was playing he was playing with some of the top liners. He was getting good minutes. He looked good. And then there was when the Rangers started to struggle, the kids started to struggle. Hedo got hurt, Lafreniere and Kaka kind of disappeared. And what you've seen over this last stretch is that Kako is having greater impact, both point scoring and just his quality of play. So I thought, you know, coming into this game, he had been starting to play better. You were seeing flashes. The kid line had been reunited. As for the goal, listen, I will give most of the credit to Miller's pass. And we can argue about whether or not it was a bad turnover by Barzal. It probably was. It's a great pass by Miller. But also, it's not necessarily an easy shot by Kako because I actually thought Sorokin did a good job of coming over and covering. Like, he didn't sure. give him the wide-open net that you usually see on those passes. And so Kako had to both bring his stick in and then get it up top shelf. So it's a nicer goal than I think you're giving it credit for, although I think, you know, give Miller the credit. That's a wonderful pass. I think you are right, ultimately. Like, this is not the production that we expect from a number two overall pick. But you're kind of dealing with what you have. And the story with Lafreniere and Kako has kind of both been they have not lived up to their draft, quote unquote, right? You know, they're where they were drafted. But you're still trying to get turn them into quality players. And I think you're seeing flashes from both of them. Sure. I'll um I'll I'll, I'll concede um the fact that Kako has looked better with the puck, whether or not that sort of results in a goal or an assist. I think he looks a lot more confident with the puck. Um, he's making better decisions with, uh, barring some pretty bad turnovers. Um, but I'm also willing to give Laffy a little, a little more slack to, to cut him some slack just because, just because he's very new and his, he's, he's a lot more, I would say flashy in his style of play than Capo Caco is, um, just in, the manner of his goal scoring. So, so I'm, I'm thinking that will come with time as he adjusts uh, to the NHL. So you're right. Maybe I am being a little too harsh on Capo Caco, you know, and, I was, as you should be, you're an Islanders fan. Like that's yeah, you're entitled you to have every it. right to be, you, you I, should do that. <laughs> I, I, I do want to have a little bit of objectivity though. And, and I think, you know, I, I was, I was willing to call him, you know, the highest, you know, sort of, draft pick bus since Jimmy VC, but I, I'm I'm not willing to go hey, that far. If you were checking hey. my Twitter, Jimmy VC has turned himself into an elite defender. I like I don't want to go all analytic on you, but when Jimmy VC uh. first came into the league, right, as this top draft pick, that was an offensive guy, one of the worst defenders in the league. Sure. His sure. stats show that over his first three years at the Rangers, bottom six percentile in the league. This year, VC's in the 98th percentile defensively. So he has turned himself into an elite defensive forward. It started in Jersey. I just, I just wanted to say that since you brought Jimmy. Okay. Fair, fair enough. I, and the, you, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, I was so. going to say, I'm with you. I saw VC last year in Jersey and I remembered hearing all this hate about him. And I was like, really? Cause he's looking pretty freaking good to me. And then this year, evidently he is. And Lou, you said on your Twitter, it's a mistake if the Rangers don't resign him. And I absolutely concur. I think He's a big part of the success they have had. Anyways, please, please finish your pot, your thought, Mr. Palmer. Sorry. I was saying, t- talking about good signings, Vincent Trocek, for me, ha- has been 
very underrated in terms of the the spotlight on the Rangers. I mean, he he's looking like a really solid center. He's he's got a nice little point streak going. Um, and, and I I would say he's the best free agent addition the Rangers have had, um, in a while. Totally under the radar and totally racking up points in a, in an efficient way. Trocheck got an empty netter, which yeah. I said I know that for, but Trocek, you know, yeah. talking about Trocheck. The line combinations for the Rangers have started to really shape up. And a, a big part of that is Trocek. One of the big issues was Panarin and Trocek didn't have a lot of chemistry. Right. And now they've got Trocek with Kreider and they are gelling. And the lines in general are starting to gel. They had one of the big switches they made in this game was they put Kratzov on the first line and they knocked Goodrow down to the fourth line. And Kratzov was when he was on the fourth line, Gallant even said, like, that's not where he should be, but they needed to ease him back in. Kratzov with Zabanajad and Panarin. I looked up like the scoring chance percentage numbers, which is what percentage are you in the offensive zone compared to defensive zone? 90%. That's the highest of any combination with more than three games played. So Kratzov, Mika, and Panarin are gelling. Goodrow makes the fourth line so much better. The Rangers overall are finding line, line combinations. I'm curious to see what you think, Sam. Yeah, I think they're finally, you know, finding line combinations that work. I think something that we've both heard from Gallant in post game over and over again is all the other reporters saying, what was it up with, you know, the the lines tonight? You changed the lines during the game, and that keeps happening. And, I mean, he he keeps making switch-ups constantly. But I think he's they're finally finding things that work, and hopefully now they can establish some consistently consistency in these lines. You know, I think that's going to be a big part of having more success for this team and of continuing this success is now saying, okay, we've found what works. We've kind of found pairs that have chemistry, trios that have chemistry. What does that mean for the future of this franchise or the future of this team this year? Because you can't be switching it up every game. It's not good for chemistry. It's not good for the players themselves. So now I think that they found things that work. Now they can, you know, build off of it and hopefully find more success because, yeah, I mean, it's obviously working for some of them, as Mr. Nappy has also just dropped in the chat. Trocek has a six-game point streak. So he's he's gelling with who he's with. This team is finding its groove, as you can tell by, what'd you say, eight of their last nine have been wins? Was that what it was? Yeah. Eight of their last nine, which is a better, a better streak than they've gone on for most of the rest of the year. So they're looking real good. And I'm intrigued to see how the rest of this year plays out for this team, especially now they're finding their groove. Nine, two, and one in the last 12. Thank you. Yeah. Happy. One we, last shout out I'd like yeah. to do just quickly for the range is so Gautier came back in and after three healthy scratches and looked significantly better. And that's another guy I'd expect to see get some run. Sammy Blay, I think, is really in the doghouse of the coaching staff after the penalty he took in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and he's just been he's just been bad. Uh, he's not fast, doesn't have great, really great hands. He's just there to be physical. Gautier is fast. He makes things happen. He gets the goal to tie it at two against the Islanders. So I would expect see Gautier play. You're going to see Kratzoff stay in the lines finally, which is something that fans have been asking of Glant. They've been frustrated with how frequently he changes the line, the way he's scratching players. I've been frustrated with it. I think if they stick with these lines, good things are going to continue to happen. I absolutely agree. And, and I know we could talk about the Rangers all day as three of the four of us in this Zoom right now are Rangers fans or at least Rangers supporters. And we will we will address the other team that was in this here most recent matchup at Madison Square Garden, though, however, is 
the Islanders, obviously they took the L in this last game. They've been on a bit of an interesting uh, streak as of recently. Um, I'm trying to look at team game log. There we go. Um, they've been on an interesting streak as of recently, kind of going back and forth. You know, they had three losses in a row, in a row, one against the Golden Knights and then lost to the Avs in a shootout and the Rangers. I saw the game against the Avs live and in color, and that was a bad game for everyone involved. Let me tell you, that was just a really bad game. I mean, you have to go into overtime 0-0 and then go into a shootout 0-0. Come on. My dad was like, oh, that was just a defensive battle. And I'm like, yeah, because the offense was bad. Everyone was so bad. And I can't even just, I mean, I'm obviously a staunch avalanche supporter. Oh my God, we looked terrible. There were so many times in which the Islanders' offense was so much stronger, and the only reason we stayed in that game as long as we did was because of Alexander Georgiev, ex-Rangers goalie. The Islanders, same thing. Sorokin had some phenomenal saves in that game. He was a huge part of why it lasted that long. And, I mean, no one looked good in that game. Nick, I don't know if you if you saw that one or what your thoughts are based on that and then the uh, Rangers game, but it's been an interesting stretch for them. You know, they were they were pretty hot at the beginning of the year with five wins in a row back in uh, back in October and then like three, four wins in a row um, it in November. And now they've just kind of been, you know, win, lose, lose, win, lose, 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 win. I don't know. What are you what are you seeing? What's happening here? So so you you put it exactly the way that I, I would put it in that. It's it's more frustrating to be an Islanders fan this year than it was last year, because last year they were losing. You can blame it on COVID. You can blame it on the NHL and Toronto not giving them a break because they got COVID first and then they're giving the other teams uh, the postponed games later. But that was last year. This year, they're just incredibly inconsistent from day to day. So, you know, let's let's take a little trip down a short term memory lane. Okay, you beat the Devils early in the month. All right. And this was right before the Devils slide. So you're thinking, oh, man, we took care of the Devils. The Devils are the hottest team in the NHL. This team is going places. Then you go to Carolina. No, you go home and play Carolina with some of the worst neutral zone passing I've ever seen. You get shut out. But fine, it's Carolina. Your next your next game is a trip to TD Garden to play the Bruins who have not lost a single game in regulation at TD Garden this entire year, and you steal a point and take them to a shootout. That is much more than you can expect. Your next game is a trip to Mullet Arena, and you (laughs) blow a game to a team that belongs in the AHL, okay? So at this point, you don't know what to expect, but then you're going to the Fortress in Vegas, and you whoop the Knights. You absolutely put them in their place, whether that's Vegas going on a slide or not. Who's to say? But the team looked good. The offense looked good. Then you take a trip to Colorado. You lose in a shootout to a team that, frankly, is missing everyone who is responsible for their cup win. Okay? That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you're missing more or less. You're right. Yeah. More or less. Then you blow another lead to the Rangers where Matt Barzell gives a gift. You know, there are several issues with this team, but I'll just boil it down to this. The defense is struggling, especially on the penalty kill. Every penalty kill, our defensemen seem to be relying solely on Sorokin's brilliance to get them out of it. And he gets them out of it most of the time, but you can't expect that all the time. And second, passes are just not working in the neutral zone. And I think you might have seen that with the Avalanche game. You definitely saw it with the Hurricanes. Breakout passes are failing a lot more than they should be. And finally, 
as much as I love Matthew Barzell, the guy has got to shoot the puck more. I consistently find myself watching a game and yelling at Matt Barzell to shoot while he skates circles around the other team's defense only to pass it to Josh Bailey and Josh Bailey whips the net or loses the puck. His goal last night shows his ability. He's just got to do it more. I'm I'm curious to to see what you think about how much Adam Pellick's injury has impacted their defense because I know there's a stat out there that as soon as he got hurt, I think that was December 6th, that they're like one, two, and two. I'm not sure if that's exactly updated, but it's this it kind of coincided with a little bit of the slide that they went on. I, it's interesting that you brought up the defense and especially on the power plays, because I actually thought that they defended the Rangers power play very well. Right. Islanders took a lot of penalties. They took two delay a game penalties in right. in the Rangers game. But outside of that first Panarin goal, you they played really good defense. They deflected a lot of passes. Rangers had five on three for 44 seconds and didn't get a ton of shots off because the three Islanders that were out there were so aggressive at knocking away passes that, I mean, yes, yeah, Sorokin was still good. I thought that the the penalty kill defense was good for the Islanders, but overall, like five on five defense, still really struggling. Let up a lot of shorthanded breakaways when they were on power plays, right? So I, I think, yeah. you know, you're still finding issues with the Islanders defensively. And injuries are starting to mount up. I think what Sezikis leaves in the middle of the Rangers game, you have Clutterbuck out, Palmieri missed the Rangers game after coming back for Arizona. So I think partially this team. Well. So I think this team does need to get a little bit healthy, right? And I think Pelic's a big part of that. But I do think that there are big issues, maybe defensively, that I, I don't know that just even getting healthy fixes that. Sure. I, I, I would I would agree with you that actually the, the kill did look better against the Rangers. Um, but it was just sort of recently, especially in that Avalanche game, even even against the win in the Golden Knights, they, they just looked a little they didn't look as aggressive. And I think they are adjusting to not having Pelic, and I think they did that well against the Rangers. Um, but Pelic is so comfortable to being on that pair with Pollock that I think as soon as you start switching it up and Romanov's getting a lot more ice time you start running into some issues, but I mean, we'll see how they adjust. We'll see what happens when we get Pelic back. Um, but it's really the consistency that that's got to come. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that's what has been, you know, what we've said over and over again on this podcast this year is that this team is inconsistent. They're streaky when they're hot, they're hot when they're not, they are so not. And you know what, right now they're not really, I think, like you said, the uh, the defense is something that's really got to step up because if you look at, I mean, I know this is as rough as it can be, but according to, to hockey reference, they have uh, 758 scoring chances for this uh, season and 835 scoring chances against this season. And the uh, league average for scoring chances against is 725. So the Islanders are allowing a lot more opportunities than they should be in their zone we will see what happens with this team as they continue to play for the rest of the season. We're only a third of the way in. They are still over 500, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Another team hitting a slide right now, the one, the only New Jersey Devils, who once were so red hot, so exciting, 13-game win streak, then recently have been on a bit of a downturn. They did win their last game 4-2 to two against the Florida Panthers, but before that, they lost six in a row? Seven in a row, I think six in a row. Two of those, or no, one of those was in overtime, but, you know, the rest of it has been in regulation. Tough look for the Devils, who once were the top of the crop this year, still doing pretty hot. However, you know, a little bit harder to watch them slide here. And I mean, 
it's it was bound to happen. We knew that there was bound to be a fall from grace eventually. They could not stay, you know, top of the league forever. They're still up there. They're no longer first in the league, nor do I think they're first in the Metro at this point. They got passed by the Hurricanes. They did get passed by the Hurricanes. However, they're still in a playoff spot. They're still looking good. I mean, still boasting quite the record for this year. Lou, what are you what are you seeing out of this Devils team recently? What's what's happened? Why are they on a, a well, they were on a six game losing streak. We'll now have to see what happens. I mean, right. Like, so first off, you're not just going to you know throw your hats in the air and celebrate you beat the Florida Panthers. But it is it's a step in the right direction. You get the first win and now you can set your sights towards back to back matchups against Boston, which I think will really have an impact on their season one way or another. But I think you look back at overall, this is a this is a young team man. we keep saying it about them. Uh, there's not a ton of veteran presence on this team. One of their few veterans has hurt Andre Palat. So I think you're talking about a team that is not used to playing dominant hockey. And that's frankly what they were playing. Like they were one of the best teams in the league. And I, I think it's, they had to get used to playing. You're coming into arena teams treat you differently. This is not the devils of old. They came in, there was a bullseye on their back every single night. And so not only is it hard to play consistent hockey in the NFL, it's super hard to play consistent dominant hockey. Um, and I just think that over the course of an NHL season, you're going to go through dips. This was something that was coming. I think that what this team kind of needs is maybe to get a couple veteran presences in there to help stabilize it. I love their youth. I think their youth is going to play in the playoffs. I think they're going to get there and they might be able to shine because they're going to be so excited. But there might be a couple routes like this where it's it was just impossible for them to keep up the way they were playing. This is the big test for me. You have Boston tonight at seven, and then you come back from break and you have Boston. In my eyes, I'm asking for a split. Boston's such a tough team. They're a wagon. They're dominant. If you get a split, that tells me that this Devils team really has something. I I like that um, specifically because I think you're right. This team in the playoffs will shine just due to their pure skill and their young talent. But – I, I think it's fair to say that they've been figured out and it, it was a matter of time, as Lou said, because they were so fast at the beginning of the year. No team could keep up with them on the ice and speed is only helpful if you're able to create dangerous chances frequently as a result. But opposing teams are able to keep them to the outside. Teams have been back checking a lot more and also not letting Hishier and Hughes sort of park in front of the net as much. They've been able to keep the Devils scoring down, and I think that's a big part of it. So I think if the Devils want to rebound, they got to be a little more physical in front of the net, and I'd like to see guys like Nathan Bastion creating more opportunities in front of the goal. I love the way you said that. That was the Bastion, probably the, the proper way to pronounce it that none of us say. We all just say Nathan Bastion. So <laughs> I, love I thought that. he was Bastion. I wasn't sure. Hey, I don't know. I am. I'll be the first to admit I am not great at pronouncing hockey players. <laughs> I will be the first to admit that I've messed up a number of times on this here podcast. So I don't know. I just like the way you said it. It had some flair. It was very fun. Um, I think that like both of you said, you know, this team has been figured out a little bit. Other teams know you know, they were coming into this. I think, it, Lou, I think it was you who said this last week that, you know, before maybe they got away with a little bit of what they were doing because other teams were like, oh, we're not going to send our best out against the Devils. Now they are playing everybody's best. Now they have to. Like you said, this is about to be a tough stretch for them. I mean, you got Bruins twice, five days apart because of the break, obviously, but you got Bruins back to back. Then you do Pittsburgh, Carolina, Detroit, St. Louis, Rangers. 
So this is a tough stretch coming up for this team. I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty defining moment for them um, or next few moments, I suppose, in terms of what the rest of their season is going to look like. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood returned. Did he not? Mackenzie Blackwood was back. And he, I, according to, according to James Burley's Twitter, shout out to our, our missing host who we, we sometimes have here on the pod quote, Mackenzie Blackwood is so back end quote. I don't, I don't fully know if I, uh, if I'm down with that, I'm still kind of skeptical about Mr. Blackwood himself, but I mean, good to see him back from injury after all this time. And I'm sure that itself is such a huge boost to this devil's team in terms of morale, in terms of everything, because he is a bit of a veteran presence. You know, he's been around the block. He's been around the devil's block, especially can't hurt to have him back. I'm sure that they're very happy to see him once again on the ice. I would like to um, apologize for my pretentiousness. It's Nathan Bastion. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I, I was I was thinking about it and uh yeah it's Nathan Bastion anyway that's you know what I love okay we all we everybody makes mistakes in the wise words of Hannah Montana everybody makes mistakes that's okay um as dropped in the chat by Nicholas Nappy. This is so fun. It's like he's like IFBing us, but it's over Zoom chat because we're over Zoom right now because we're all in three separate states, three separate time zones, actually, too. Yes. Which is really fun. We are all in three separate time zones. Blackwood had a 944 save percentage and then two goals against, against the Panthers. So quite the return for him. I mean, one game, though, I'll have to see because it, it took me a while to buy to buy into Vitek Vanacek. And now I'm bought into him. I think it's going to continue to take me a little while to buy into Blackwood. And I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how that happens there. One of my favorite devils was skating today, Nikita Ahotuk. I love him. I love his name. That's a name that you don't know how to pronounce. That's a name. <laughs> we did ask him when he came to the devils last year. So I don't know. Any any closing thoughts on the devils before we move outward in the league? I'll just say this real quick. Like, I don't, maybe it is just a coincidence. I felt like Vanacek and Blackwood were playing their best hockey when they were both active. And I don't, I don't think that's a coincidence that Vanacek's numbers kind of dipped a little bit once Blackwood got out. I think they're at their best when they're on kind of that split time and maybe you ride the hot hand or that's up to the coaches. But I think that they'll only get better when they're both active. I think that's obvious. Yeah, I I agree. I've, the sort of dip in Vanacek's numbers, I I think it's a little bit overhyped as far as oh Vanacek fell off. He's 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 you know back to earth. He's not good anymore. I'm I'm not sold on that. I, I think positionally he still looks sound. I think it's just the fact that the Devils sort of system is now starting sort of starting to get cracked, and there's a lot more high danger opportunities against them. That sort of uh showing some faults in really any goaltender that uh that would uh come to uh come to uh arms with that uh, that's not english but you know what i mean yeah, no, no we, i got i get you said yeah we get the intent we're with you we're with you um yeah we will only continue to see for this team like we said devils will next play the bruins let us expand outward a little bit. I I would like to to briefly touch upon the uh, World Juniors. That is happening this year. I love the World Junior Hockey Championships. It is so much fun always to see young talent, new talent coming out to see the prospects that a lot of these teams have drafted and see how they are doing on the international stage. And though, of course, that is not everything because you may not be facing the same people in the NHL that you're facing in the juniors. It is so much fun. And it's always so fun to just watch these young guys who are younger than 
all of us probably, um, absolutely destroying the game of hockey on international ice. This year it is in Nova Scotia up in Canada. I believe, uh, which I which I love, Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia, uh, a lot of amazing players from there, as we know. And I am I am excited. Tournament goes from the 26th through the 5th, so it will start right after Christmas, and it will go on over uh, the new year. What a fun way to ring in the new year. There are a number of prospects and people for all of the local teams who will be participating in this tournament for the Devils. You have Peter Hauser for Chechnya. You have Topias Villain playing for, I think it's 20%, Violin, Villain, playing for Finland. Um, you've got Simon Nemich, who is an AHL member right now. He was the Devils' second overall draft pick this year. Uh, huge, huge hopes for him. Simon Nemich, second overall. They sent him down to the AHL before he was coming up to the NHL, of course. You have Seamus Casey and Luke Hughes is the captain, actually, of the uh, USA team. Luke Hughes, Devils prospect, as we know, and brother of the one and only Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes. The third Hughes brother, currently in Michigan. Then you've got Brendan Othman. You've got Yaroslav. Ooh, Kmelar? Kmelar? Sure. Uh, that's sure. a rock with that. That's a, that's a tough name. He's also playing for Chechnya. That's a tough one to uh, to pronounce. Ooh, there's so many hard names. Uh, uh, you don't have to say all these names, Sam. I'm, I'm gonna, not I'm going stop to. stop you right here. Don't say yeah, all these names. I'm simply not going to say all these names, but we have a number. We have. I think the, the big two that you mentioned, it's Hughes and Ottman, right? Like. Hughes for the Devils, Ottman for the Rangers. Those are the ones we're really going to be interested in. I, if you're a Rangers fan, right, the way that some of your top prospects have been panning out, I mean, like, not that, right, like, Heedle's not, Heedle's actually been really good in their Lafreniere and Kako have had their moments, but none of them have lived up to the expectations in your head. You kind of wonder, like, are we just this organization that just kills our own prospects? Uh, there was even actually one of the minor league coaches, Knobloch, was saying that he thinks the Rangers call them up too early and then ruin their confidence, and that shuts up a chain reaction. Uh, but like, so if you're a Rangers fan, you're probably watching Ottman intently. Luke Hughes, considering how good the first two Hughes brothers are, like, don't you just expect him to come in and, and set this league on fire as well? I yeah, I mean Luke Hughes, very talented guy, and also just uh, I'm I'm glad you didn't forget about Quinn Hughes, because um, recent news out of Vancouver saying everyone's on the table for trades except for Elias Pettersson. Could Quinn Hughes become and a Quinn devil? Quinn Hughes gets moved. Oh my God. Could Quinn Hughes become a devil? I've been saying this for years. <laughs> well, I mean, but, you know that the end, you know that the end game is that they're going to try and get, I mean, they already have the two, right? They're going to try and get Quinn. Yeah. Like, right. it's just how many, I mean, you're going to have to give up a truckload of, it'd be funny if they have to trade Luke for Quinn. Oh my that God. Would, that would that, be real. They would yeah. never, that'd be so. I don't funny. think they would do that. But maybe it was baseball. There was definitely been a time where brothers got traded for each other. Probably. I think that was a baseball thing. But um, e- e- even more than that, obviously the big story uh, of this is Connor Bedard. Um, yeah. you-, you can't talk about juniors with, with- without Connor Bedard. But I- I've-, I've-, I've always been interested in sort of how teams react to how who the top prospect is and, and how far they're willing to tank to get that prospect. You know, l- there was the whole lose for Laffy thing last year and now it's bomb for bedard um so you know there there's some teams that are you know m- maybe giving up uh just to get this absolutely electric player um I, I i was just wondering you know who who do you think uh connor bedard would be best suited for i think that's the question on every single person's mind at the moment to be honest i think everyone i i actually i just saw i saw a joke the other day that was like 
Bedard's not suited for Philly. They need like there's some like six foot three like hard nosed center that they think fits perfectly in Philly. I forget what his name is, but I mean it feels like he could be he could be an Arizona Coyote. That feels very right. probable. Uh, it's tough for me to, to say perfect fit because I like you're thinking of it's a lottery now, so you're, you're wondering like who in the bottom of this league would really benefit. Isn't Florida at the bottom of the league? If they finish at the bottom of the league, if they're able to get Bedard, that'd be crazy. I don't think they're going to yeah. finish low enough. But I mean, the Rangers finished with the, the first pick and the in one year and the second pick another year without being like the worst in the league. Uh, I think Bedard would be a good fit on in Arizona in terms of like if he's like kind of like the second coming of McDavid, he could turn around that franchise. I'd rather see him kind of do that than go to an already established team for sure. Right. I, I think a team that would actually really need Bedard is a team like the San Jose Sharks because um, mm-hmm. they are really lacking in youth prospects. I mean, they, they they don't really have a large prospect pool to get out of. Um, their young players really aren't doing much. You know, they're they're a I don't want to call them a washed up team, but but they're 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 not they're not looking as good in terms of having hope for the future. So I think a Connor Bedard for the San Jose Sharks would be huge as far as uh, going in the right direction. I wouldn't hate him going to the Ducks. I, no. I like. I mean, I like guys on that team. I love Vitrano, so like, I wouldn't hate that either. I wouldn't hate to see him, you know, chopping it up with Zegers. That would not. Uh, that would be right. That's a fun. That's a fun combination. Electric. Right. That would not. That would not hurt my heart to you know see him to see him absolutely decimating with. Those two and Troy Terry. Like that's right. Right. Like that's a trio I would love yeah. to watch. I would love to watch. I have a soft spot for those two over in Anaheim. So you know. But I think that'll be very exciting. Like I said, the tournament starts the 26th. We will absolutely be talking more about the World Juniors next week because that will be in the midst of the tournament slash the week after. I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of discussion there. Quickly, I just want to say, though, Shane Wright will be playing in the World Juniors, which will be fun. He is a current member of the Seattle Crack. And as we know, fourth overall draft pick, surprisingly, fourth overall draft pick. And um, I'm I'm excited to see what he does on the international stage as a member of Team Canada. So Good for him. But in the essence of the holiday season, as it is nearly Crimbus, it is Hanukkah. (laughs) I don't know when Kwanzaa is, but I wish everyone a Merry Kwanzaa, Happy Kwanzaa. Let us do a bit of gift giving. This was Lou Orlando's idea. I refuse to take all the credit. Lou Orlando's idea. I'm right there, mister. Um, What would we, we are going to each go around and say what gift we would give each of these teams, our perfect gift to them. And I personally do not care how outrageous this gift is. I'm going to even perhaps open it up if you feel so inclined to past players. If you were to say their perfect gift would be this person or a past event, I think that'd make it fun. So I don't know which of you wants to start if either of you have any any big uh, big gifts to give to either of these teams but or to all, any three of the local teams. But I I will say my, my gift to the to the New Jersey Devils since I'll start with that was the first one to my head my gift to the New Jersey Devils would simply just be a healthy goaltender I think that's just going to be my gift to them my perfect gift to them is a healthy goaltender who is good at his job because I I know that they're doing well this year and I know that we've just talked about and we've just talked about how Blackwood is back but you know what they always struggle with their goaltenders getting hurt or sucking and henceforth I want to gift them wrapped in a pretty little bow a healthy and good goaltender were it were it a perfect universe, you know, maybe hmm, who would I give them who's an active player right now? Hmm, 
No, but I I'm, give- su- I'm surprised you don't have considering the what we were just talking about. I know. I know. But you, okay. You, you could say, you could say, you could say the, the third brother perchance. You could say the third brother. And see, I would give that to them as a gift, but I'm not going to give that to them as their perfect gift because I, in terms of what they really need as like a franchise, like, yeah, I love, I love the idea of like Hughes to Hughes to Hughes on the goal. However, I, I feel like if this, like, that's inevitable. I'm thinking more, more fun, fun kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Producer, producer Nap, if you'd like to turn on your mic and get on the Yeah, dude. You, not, you, can you get on this. You he just texted us your gift. Say it, dude. You got it. His gift, his gift was uh, Timo Meyer. That was his gift. Well, I heard, yeah, that's a good gift. Meyer. I think that's a good one. Either that or the big cat up in Tampa Bay. Um, I also would love to see. So. Mr. Lou Orlando or Mr. Nick Palmer, either of you want to go next. It doesn't have to be the Devils. It can be any of the teams. Well, well, since we're sticking with the Devils, I'll bestow my gift upon the Devils, um, which is a liquid shot of pure confidence to each of the players. Okay, they all need this, and they need a, a willingness to get in close to the net and do some dirty work. They are such a pretty team as far as their passing, their shooting, their skating skill, they just need a little bit more grit and a little bit more determination close to the net. And I think it will do, it will pay dividends for them. So just a, a little bottle of liquid confidence on each of their, uh, on each of their lockers. And with, with, with like, a, with like a little encouraging note, like, Hey, you know, you, you can do that. You got this Jack Hughes. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe, maybe you give a little moonshine. I don't, I don't know where that came from, but uh <laughs> There's, there's a chance. There's a chance we could, we could give the the devils some moonshot. I I decided for my gift to the devils, I was going to spend big because I felt I think that the devils not only do they need a veteran presence, I think they need an elite defenseman. I think they're a little lacking defensively when you look at at their defenders. I think they could use a big defender and and who else but maybe Eric Carlson. How about the Devils going out and making a trade for Eric Carlson? He's having a resurgence. He's looked as good as he's looked since he was in Ottawa. And if the Devils can make it work and offer up a package, listen, like we said, I think this Devils team is really good, but I think they need an elite veteran leader. Andre Pallad is not that. I like him. He's not that. Eric Carlson could be that. He would solidify as a top defenseman on that team, Devils have not been shy to go out and get themselves a big defenseman. P.K. Subban, like they have gone down this route before. If they got Eric Carlson, I think you're really talking about this Devils team as a scary out in the playoffs. I love how our, our gift to the Devils is just gutting the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> like, <laughs> San Jose's not like, doing what, anything what this year. They they do? <laughs> like, I love anyway, that. That's fair. I think that's so funny. Let's 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 move across the Hudson. New York Rangers. I started last time. Do either of you feel so inclined as to start this time? What is our perfect gift to the Broadway Blue Shirts? I guess I'll go. This is going to be of of a similar ilk. Actually, a few weeks ago, if you had asked me this question, I would have said, "How about last year Vesna Trophy Igor Shesterkin? He's playing better now." So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and say, listen. If you're the New York Rangers, when you come down to Christmas morning, what do you want to see under your Christmas tree? You want to see Patrick Kane. And and this team can make it happen. It's I think if we get to the trade deadline and this team feels elite and they need the push, what's something that would make them happier than anything else in the world? There are a lot of trades they can make to make themselves better. And the Patrick Kane move might not be the best move for them. I think we can have a legitimate conversation about what they're going to have to give up 
it might not be worth it. They've already given up a lot of draft prospects and they don't have a ton of prospects to deal out. But this is Christmas. So I'm in the spirit of giving. And this is my my dream Christmas morning. Maybe I'll ask some cap space too, Nick. You're right. You're right. Nick Nappy in the chat said cap space. So maybe I'll do a little little duo, cap space and Patrick Kane. But if I'm the Rangers, that's what I want to wake up to on Christmas morning. I, I, I think I think we're we're uh we're thinking the same thing here because well, I, I so agree. you know what sometimes if the gift is expensive enough like obviously you can't double up on just a candle like if, if it's if it's from two people and it's a candle you can't do that but if it's an expensive right. gift like we can double up on this gift Nick I'm okay it's it it wasn't in the form of Patrick Kane but it is in the form of I think uh leadership and I think that that needs to come in the form of a Jacob Truba turnaround because this year has not been Truba's year. So I think if you are if you are Laffy waking up on Christmas morning in the Rangers household and you run downstairs to see all the presents under the tree, I think you want to see Jacob Truba standing there with a the basket of apples ready to hand to any forward on the team. Because think about it, he's he's only at 11 points this year, two goals, nine assists, okay? The Rangers are in the bottom third in the league in goals against. So I think if we can get a little more solid on the blue line in the form of Jacob Truba really stepping up as not only, you know, he is a good leader, but I think the more he produces, the more he'll be sort of respected and um, looked to as a uh, positive, uh, not only in the locker room, but also on the ice for this team. I, I think that's a good answer. We know that I, I love Jacob Truba, but I, I think he could be more productive this year. My perfect gift to the Rangers, if you had asked me um, this a month ago, I would have said, bring Henrik Lundqvist back, make him young again, <laughs> and put him back in the team, mostly because... A valid I, answer. <laughs> I would love to see that man play with my own two eyes in real life. Hey, we all huh? guy. Hot Dude. guy. We'd all like to see him with our own two. Wouldn't we all? Uh, in the great words of someone on Twitter, um, the night of his Jersey retirement ceremony, he may be retired, but those baby blues are still putting in work. And that is the truest thing I've ever That's heard. That's the true meaning of Christmas. That is the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> Dude, he better age like fine wine. That's He does age like fine wine. That's, That's a lot. That's a lock. That's a lock. Dude. He's epic. And he plays the guitar. Anyways, enough about my our, our love for Henrik Lundqvist. Everyone in this chat just loving Henrik Lundqvist right now. Nicholas Nappy is showing us his Lundqvist banner from the Jersey retirement ceremony night in his bedroom now. We love it. Um, That would have been my saying. However, because Igor is looking better, it won't be. My answer is incredibly not plausible. It has also me. I don't even know if it would really do all that much for them where they are right now. I mean, it would, but like they have other people to fill the hole. I just, for the sense of chaos, would love to see Connor McDavid be a New York Ranger. Like that would be my gift to the Rangers just for fun is to have someone who a is a leader and B is just like fun. I, I said it wasn't plausible. I said, I don't know how much it would do, but that'd be my gift to the Rangers fan base because you know how much fun everyone would have coming every night and seeing Connor McDavid at Madison Square Garden. Like, like you can't tell me that's not electric. I don't know. I don't know. Lou, what were you saying? You were mouthing something. Well, no, I can't say that on air, but okay, I, well. I, agree, I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> Connor McDavid it would be a dream come true on Christmas. I will say one, if I could get two gifts for the Rangers, and I might do that because I'm a Rangers fan. How sweet would it be to get Matt Zuccarello back on this team? Aww. That's like because he was the heart and he's been the heart and soul in this team. 
that was the trade that hurt more than anything else. Honestly, I'd rather have Zuccarello back than Patrick Kane. That's a hot take. I am. Yeah, that's fair. I don't even know if that's a terribly hot take. I think that the whole Patrick Kane issue is pretty divisive amongst the group right now. I think that a lot of fans and a lot of uh, reporters and everyone are all kind of divided on their on their thoughts on the Kane uh, impending Kane trade. It seems as if it's maybe inevitable at this point. Last but definitely not least, the Islanders. Mr. Palmer, would you like to go first with your gift to the Islanders? Sure. Um, mine is not a gift. It's more of something I'm taking away from our players. Um, someone uh steal the stick wax from uh Matt Barzell. Uh the puck is sticking way too much to a stick. He needs he needs to uh he needs to get rid of the puck. Um but as in all seriousness, uh, my gift to the Islanders would be a Semyon Varlamov return, but also a little bit of consistency. Because if this team can figure out how to beat the bad teams, they can afford to drop points to the Bruins, Golden Knights, or Avalanche. You know, Var- Varlamov has been fantastic. So once he comes off, I think a lot of the weight of the team will be taken off of Sorokin's shoulders, which, you know, heavy is the head that wears the goalie mask. Um, but especially when you don't have... <laughs> an excellent goaltender like Varlamov behind you. Because everyone was talking about last year, oh, it's the best tandem in the NHL. No one can touch Sorokin Varlamov. Um, But also, you know, a little gift that they will be getting, regardless of whatever I want them to get, is uh, Aturati, right? He was just called up today. Um, Arguably our best prospect. He's going to show up on the ice and hopefully uh, help out our skaters and help out Sorokin. So I'm curious to see what um, ill will gifts you uh, you guys have for uh, my New York Islanders. Well, actually, I have the exact the exact opposite. My gift to your New York Islanders. It's not a player. It's not it's. A 2022-2023 playoff appearance. Nick, I've been... I'll be fully transparent with you. Uh, last week on the pod, we talked about the local teams. I said the Islanders are the only team that I can't. I haven't figured out yet. I think I know what the Rangers are. I know what the Devils are through their ups and downs. I wasn't sure what the Islanders were. I think I'm getting closer to them. I think they're a wild card team. I don't think that they're a top three division team. I'm not sure where their talent is. I think they have a lot of talent. They've got great goalies. I think when they're healthy, they have pretty solid defense. I think they, they're probably an offensive piece or two away. But honestly, I think just get this team into the playoffs because as much as I've kind of been harsh on them, I think that there's enough guys that are here from those two runs to the Eastern Conference Finals that if they got one more bit, one more, one more chance at the playoffs, they'd leap at that. And you might see the playoff Islanders that we saw for two straight years. You might see that kick in. So my gift for the Islanders is, hey, make the you made the playoffs. Now, now make of that what you will. I, I do like, like that because I think Sorokin, out of any goaltender, has the ability to steal a playoff series. I think better look at than what a, Igor, look at what Igor did for the Rangers last year. You guys can do exactly, that. exactly. You know, I if 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 you come up with like a like a you know Sorokin against someone like a you know I wouldn't say Vasilevsky because Vasilevsky's in a league of his own. But you know, so, someone in that in that sort of range, I th- I think I would put my money on Sorokin to steal a series, no, no matter how well uh, the Islanders are playing. Uh, what, what what do you got for us, Sam? You know the I I, I like how you assumed it was going to be ill will because I don't I don't I don't have ill will for the Islanders. I talk smack about them, but look, I've spent my time at UBS Arena. I liked it there. I had a great time. Um, they have great food in the press room. That's what I'll say. Um. And I like that they have soft serve always on demand there. It's awesome. Um, my my gift to the Islanders would be an, an elite defenseman. 
I'm talking like a Rasmus Dahlin or a Charlie McAvoy. I I think that especially, especially if you look at Rasmus, because here's the thing is he has this year 10 goals, 27 assists. So he is offensively productive and he's a great, he's a great defensive player because here's the thing is we talked earlier this pod about how the Isles defense can be shoddy when, when it's not good, it's not good. And how they have so many shooting or what was it? Scoring chances against. I think that's what it was. You need someone there who's going to stop that. And I think it'd be fun to have an elite player. Not that you don't already have elite players, but to have an elite defenseman like that join the squad. I'm not going to give you Kale McCarr because I refuse to give him up, but I'll give you someone else. I'll give you another top five, top 10 defenseman. So that's Chitrin, my thought. Maybe is that perhaps would you, would you guys make a play for Chitrin? Perhaps, perhaps. What does he say? Nicholas. That he did. He did just resign with the Bruins, but, but Hey, he's a long Island guy. So maybe in, in, in a bunch of years, perhaps my Christmas gift will come to pass. I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll pull a little Scrooge, the the gift of Christmas past, presents, and futures. I don't know. Nicholas I, just, I like <laughs> I like this segment because it feels almost like a precursor to the trade deadline. And not that this was an intended, but it, it you know, it kind of ended up that way. And you know, some of our the names we were throwing out there, like McDavid, obviously that's almost definitely not yeah. on the table. But I, you know, you're talking about all three New York teams potentially being buyers. Yeah. I we could see things get shaken up this year, and that would be really fun. That we absolutely could. I think especially the Islanders will be buyers this year as they were neither buy- buyers nor sellers last year. I think that we will see the Devils looking for whatever that missing piece or pieces are that they think are going to propel them to the top of their game since they're in a hot window right now if they choose to make any moves at the deadline, which as much as I said, I don't think they should. I think they will. Rangers, I'm intrigued to see. I think that there'll be a bit of both, a bit of buying and a bit of selling on their end. This has been, like you said, kind of a fun precursor to the trade deadline, which we will see in a little while. And that will just about do it for us this week on Five on Three. This has been such a fun episode. As always, please be sure to tune in next week where we will go over Hockey Juniors, all of the hockey in between that has happened in the NHL. There is lots to be had. Like we said, the Devils will next play the Bruins. The Islanders will next play the let's take a gander we'll next play the panthers um tonight uh islanders play the panthers tonight and the rangers will play i really should have pulled this up before shouldn't yeah, i they have the i get the rangers have the capitals 28 right. 28th 27th uh, 27th something like that 27th. anyways those will be the next games but we will have a bit of christmas break for Nick Palmer, Lou Orlando, and our excellent producer slash statistician, Mr. Nicholas Nappy, I am Samantha Bohr saying so long. I hope everyone has an excellent evening, an excellent rest of their holidays. Stay safe, stay healthy. And Five on Three has been a production of WFUV Sports. Mm-hmm.